Turn in your scriptures this morning to Hebrews chapter 4. We are continuing our study on the essentials of following Christ. The essentials of bringing glory to God. Today I pray that all is well where you are at. And that as you hear these words, may they be an encouragement to your walk with Jesus. Hebrews chapter 4, start with verse 11. Let us therefore strive to enter that rest, so that no one may fall by the same sort of disobedience. For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And no creature is hidden from his sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. Since then, we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. I thank you the word of God is is what we need this morning. And may we, God, Seek to know you more through your word. As we study and as we contemplate, Lord, your your plan for our life, Father, I ask today that you would breathe upon us new life. And Lord, that we may strive to know you more, to know your plan. And Lord, may we strive to proclaim the gospel to all that may hear in your most holy name. Amen. The beauty of this book, Hebrews, is, is just laying out in such a beautiful fashion who Jesus is, and it's, it's laying out how we find rest. And that rest is only in, in Christ Jesus our Lord. And, and in this verse 11, we see a beautiful battle cry for us today. And that battle cry is found in the words, let us strive church. In times like this, let us not be complacent, but let us strive to continue to know this Savior who is above all and over all. This Savior who, through Him, we can have rest. And we know by what we studied last week and what Psalm 95 speaks of, that rest only comes to those who understand and apply the truth of the gospel. It's the only place that truth comes from, is is by by knowing God and, and by 
applying his truths to our life daily. As a church, we're not called to be quiet and just knowing, but we're called to, to take the word where we go. So today, I believe the battle cry for the church, and it is so relevant and so good for this morning and for this time that we must be a people who are striving to, to know God even more so that, as he said there, that we don't fall under the same type of, of failures. And what's he talking about? I didn't, I didn't recap all the way, and, and as you know, uh, in this time, that we need to understand the fullness of his word, as we do in all times. But the failures here were that these people failed to find the rest of God that was afforded to them, but because of disobedience, they, they did not get to enjoy that rest. They did not get to enjoy that rest because they valued other things, other opinions, other ways over the ways of God. And truly today, as, as we're living our lives and as we're doing the, the things of this world, it's, it's interesting to me that sometimes we value what the world says and, and what is going on in the world more than we value who God is. Church today, if... If we're skipping out on that, if we're, if we're skipping out on who God is in our personal lives, we're never going to find rest. We need to be a people who are pruning out the stuff in our lives that holds us back. Joni and I recently went to uh, renew our cell phones. And in this day and age, it's hard to find a cell phone. Cell phones are, are almost impossible to get. I don't understand that. I suppose the suppose the, the market is really rough right now, even for cell phones. But we went to the cell phone place, and, and the, the experts there were trying to help us to get our cell phones. And uh, one of the questions they asked us as they were putting everything together was, are your phones backed up? And I'm thinking to myself, well, some of the stuff's backed up. Of course, Joni's was completely backed up to the cloud or wherever it goes. But mine was not, and so as they're going through and they're setting up all the stuff that, that we need set up in order to get new phones, I was going through pictures and videos, and I, I found what I could say are two different types of, of uh, findings in my phone. The first thing that I found were things that I really just don't care to know or see or, or I don't have any value in. The second group was pictures and videos of things that I valued. Now, the, the things I didn't value, they were things like memes that I'd already laughed at, that I'd already found humor in. I'd already shared them. <laughs> they were sayings that I, I no longer felt I needed anymore. Or maybe they were too, put to uh, memory in my heart, and so now I, I, I practice them or I know them, verses, things of that nature. Uh, but, but I was going through there and I was just getting rid of that stuff. I'm like, I don't need this, I don't need this, I don't need this. Some of the memes I kept because they were quite funny. But when I'm looking back, I, the, the things that I kept were, were pictures of, of my wife, of my kids, of, of this church, activities we've done here, uh, baptisms, pictures and videos. And I'm, I'm keeping all this stuff because it was a value. And it hit me as I'm, I'm sitting there in that, in that store, six, six feet away from uh, the salesman, of course, that I believe God, even during this time, is using it as a time for us to 
prune the stuff in our lives that doesn't matter anymore. The things that's holding us back. The things that it's just taking up space and has no value. And I believe God is calling his church to, to, to prune and to get rid of the stuff. And in that, I think we're showing that we're a people who are striving. Today, in this time of unsureness, in this time of, of we don't really know what's happening next, I want to encourage you as a believer in Jesus Christ to prune the stuff that doesn't need to be there, to be a person who strives to live for God. That it's the number one priority in your life. There's nothing else that matters. You strive, you strive, and because of that, you will thrive. My phone is, is, it's actually doing better. I, I deleted a lot of this stuff, and I'm like, maybe I don't need a new phone. And I believe in our spiritual lives that if we get rid of the stuff that really doesn't matter anymore, I think we're going to find that freedom and that joy that only comes from knowing God. That freedom and joy that only comes through striving to know Him. Let us not be the people He spoke of here who were not able to partake of the goodness of God because of their disobedience. Let us be obedient to the utmost to who God is. Every believer in Jesus Christ needs to understand the authority of Christ. We've been reading about this authority of Christ, that he is the, the high priest. He's all this stuff. He's, he's the way, the truth, and the life. As, as we read in the Gospels, all these things that we know about Jesus, we must come under that authority. Because it's through Christ alone that we find salvation where we find rest. We also misunderstand that we need to be under the authority of God's holy word. Under the authority of what this book says, this book is exactly what we need. It is the authority that we need. And he goes on here in, in verse 12. And so I want us to flip there to verse 12 and maybe make some marks here as we're reading through this. But I believe the first call we read out of the scripture today is let us strive. The second call that we hear today out of this scripture is let us study. Study what? Well, study the word, of course. Look here what, what it says about the word of God. The, the first thing that we can get out of this passage of scripture in verses, verse 12 there, the first thing that we, we can prune from and, and, and gather from is this point. The word of God is living and active. So in your mind, just kind of throw out that this book is just a book of poetry, history, laws, that it's just a book. No, this book is alive and it's active. The Word of God is not just a book. The Word of God is alive. And it's alive to give you and I life. The Word of God is active. It's, it's active in the fact that it gives us power and it motivates us and mobilizes us to go out. If you're a believer today, you'll say, that's, that's right. Amen. Because in this moment, we understand from experience that the Word of God does exactly that in our lives. It, it gives us life. It motivates us. It mobilizes us, sends us out. It's not just a book. 
It is the Word of God. It is active and living. Uh, he goes on, he says that the Word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword. I believe this is, this is a, a good picture. And he gives us a couple different pictures as to what the Word of God is. But he says it's sharper than any two-edged sword. A, a two-edged sword is something that you take into battle. And truly, the Word of God is, is what we use when we battle the trials of this life. It is the tool that we need, the, the instrument to take with us wherever we go to battle whatever it is that we may be battling in this life. See, the Word of God is not just a book. It's active. It's alive. It's a two-edged sword that, that we need to battle in this world. He goes on and he says that the Word of God is, is surgical in its precision. It, it talks about how it can separate the, uh, the parts of the body, you know. Um, there in that verse, it, it says that it's, it's able to pierce the divisions of soul and spirit. It's able to pierce the joints of marrow and, then, and of the other joints. Guys, I want you to understand today, as a believer in Jesus Christ, that the Word of God is precise. That what it says is exactly what it means. Don't fall under what you're hearing and seeing in our society, how it's trying to downplay this book and say, well, it's, it's antiquated. It's, it's not something you need. But no, it's precisely what we need. It is surgically precise. To, to be able to go into a human body and to separate joints and marrow that's quite a tool. And if you're a doctor today, you understand that there are tools that you use in your trade in order to, to do these. This word is the tool that every believer needs in their life in order to do what God is calling us to. It's precise. It's exactly what you need. It's, it's there for us in our healing. It's there for us in our pruning. It's the only word that we need. And during this time of pruning that we are all going through, whether you've acknowledged it or understood it or not, God is using this time to prune us. My goal and my prayer for our church is as we come back together, we are more powerful than we've ever been before. Because we've been turning into the Word of God and, and being encouraged in it. And it's, it's going forth and doing precisely what it's supposed to do. We've been using it to battle these times that, that we go through. And it's, it's a word that we understand is alive and it's giving us life. And this is a, a thought that maybe the world doesn't agree with. The word of God is relevant. There, it tells us that the word knows our hearts. That it offers us knowledge to make healthy choices. He says here, that it's able to discern the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Where you may not understand why you do what you do, this word understands that we're going to make decisions, we're going to have desires, but it shows us how we should approach that. How good is God that he understood what we were going to go through, and so he gave us his word so that we know how to overcome it and to bring him glory through whatever trial, whatever temptation that we may be going through. The Word of God is exactly that. It's relevant. It's not irrelevant. Some people will tell you, well, the Word of God, you don't, you know, I, I have uh, people I know that don't preach out of the Old Testament because they say it's irrelevant. No, it's not. 
You guys that were with us uh, before this pandemic hit, we were going through the life of David and, and, and Saul, and, and, and we were looking at all of that that was going on, and it was totally relevant to our lives. I saw a graphic this week, where, and it, I posted it on Facebook if you saw it, but it showed the, the, the references and the cross-references in scriptures, and it was like, you know, they would connect one to the other from the Old Testament to the New Testament, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, and it was like a solid color. The Word of God is... Is exactly that. It's precise in its relevance. It's not just a book, but rather it's the God-breathed Word of God. It's not just a compilation of authors over several centuries, but, but rather this is the actual Word of God that has been divinely inspired and put together by God Himself. And today it's still relevant. The last thing he kind of says about the Word of God is that the Word of God is the standard. Write that in your, in your margins there. The Word of God is the standard. If you want to know how to live your life or what's expected, turn here. I had the privilege of meeting with several brothers in Christ this week in meetings and, and, and different places like that. And one of the things they learned was, you know, when all this pandemic started, they were trying to, to implement and do this and do that and, and, and with technology, you run into problems, right? And, and it's just uh, maybe over time people get tired of this. And, and I know even like Sunday mornings, it may be hard for you to sit and listen for an entire sermon. And, you know, it's not the same as in person. I, I think we've all ran into that uh, in our churches. But the thing that all of us walked away with and we all agreed on was that what really matters is that we do this right here. We turn to the Word of God because it's relevant, because it's, the standard. The word is where we turn to see what is right and what is wrong and to be empowered. Catch this. It's where we go to be empowered, to live wisely and to live according to the glory of God. This is, this is what we need. That if everything falls apart, if I don't, I hope that this doesn't happen. This is not my my call. This is not what I want to happen. But if we were to, to never be able to come together again, if this was something that was to happen, all we would need is the Word of God. I don't want you to feel like, you know, you have to have me. It, 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 does it help? I hope so. <laughs> Does programs and churches and all that, does that help? Yeah, it's the will of God that we have the church. But, but if everything was to fall apart, and by the way, in church his, history, there have been believers throughout the centuries who have had nothing but the word of God. And guess what? Today they are in glory celebrating what God has done. This is what we need. The word of God is, it's alive. It's active. The word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword. The word of God is surgical in its precision. The word of God is relevant. And the word of God is our standard. It's exactly what we need in this world today. It is the standard. So I submit to you today as a, as a proclaimer of the gospel that you value this. Here's what I believe. That when you value the Word of God and the Word of God is in, in your heart and not just in a book form, but it's in your heart, it's in your mind, it's in the way that you live, your life will be revolutionized. You will find rest. And as tedious as all this is right now, we must continue to strive. I, I have a lot of friends who are, you know, and, and, and I'm not saying it's not true, 
But there's a lot of focus right now on conspiracy theories. Is this the end of time? You know, is the government trying to close the church? I'm not here to argue one way or the other. I, I could see it being true. I could also see it just being people being people, right? We want an answer, so we come up with something. But here's what we need to hear today. If you're listening to that stuff, that's, that's fine, I suppose. But here's what you really need to hear. If it is true, if the end of time is near, this should be our cry. Even so, come Lord Jesus. Even so, come Lord Jesus. If this is going to be a, a difficult time in the history of the church, even so, come Lord Jesus. Our hope is not in the things of this world. It's not in politics. The, the right political person, the president, whatever, is not going to end what happens in the end anyways. What we need to understand is that if this is the end of time, then it's the end of time. And so our only hope is here. It's in the Word. So get in the Word of God. Now understand that this is where our rest comes from. It's not going to be in us militizing ourselves, right? Getting our guns in order and, and, and going to, to Washington and shooting up a bunch of people. That's not where our rest is going to come from. Our rest is only going to come in knowing Jesus. Our rest is only, only going to come in, in applying his word and being a people who strive. If you're in your house right now, just say strive. Look around if there's people around you and say strive. If you're in a coffee shop right now, just say strive out loud. Because the truth is, is we need to be a people who are striving. We need to be a people who are studying the word of God. And lastly, we need to be a people who confess and are confident. Let us strive. Let us study. Let us confess and be confident to go to him in all things. Look at this verse here, this passage. I want to read it. We read it before, but I want us to hear it again, right? The word of God is so good. The Word of God is, is a, it's exactly what we need. But look here in verse 14. It says, since we have a great high priest. I have no doubt that when he wrote this, that he understood that people would be saying, okay, we got to strive and get into the Word of God in order to have rest. And people were like, but I, I'm not feeling it. Well, hear this again. It's like he goes back and he repeats what's in chapters 1, 2, 3, right? Since we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession. What is that confession? You know, there's been confessions throughout history. You know, I, one that comes to mind is the West, Westminster Confession. You know, there's all these confessions that, that people uh, wrote in churches. Nothing wrong with them. Honestly, as, as Baptists, uh, we have been known throughout history as a people of the book because we didn't have confessions. We didn't have all these doctrines that were written out. We just believed the word of God and we preached the word of God. Now, I'm not here to jump on confessions and things of that nature. Honestly, I've studied them. I've read them. I have a lot of them in memory. But that's not the most important thing that we need in our lives. What we need in our lives today is the word of God. We need it in such a way that 
it doesn't matter if the government comes down and makes church illegal. We're going to continue to thrive because we're striving to know his word. We're striving to know him in our everyday. And so as a church, during times like this, let us continue to hold to our confession, which is our confession in Jesus Christ as our Savior and our Lord. Let's continue in that thought. Don't let the world redefine to you who Jesus is or the value of this book or the relevance of, of, of what this book says to us. Let's not let the world do that. Let us confess and be confident. Now he goes on here and he says, be confident. Well, what, what are we confident in? He says, let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace. Every human in history needs grace. The Bible teaches that we are all sinners. We've all fallen short of God's glory. The standard that's set here, we've all fallen short of it. And so we need grace in our lives. And he says here to let us confident, confidently, with confidence, let us draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive, I love this, mercy and find grace to help in time of need. That's rest. That's rest. We're not talking about vacation rest. My wife and I, a lot of you know, uh, coming up this week, we are going to be celebrating 20 years of marriage. God is so good. We're going to be celebrating 20 years of marriage. And uh, next weekend, uh, we'll be celebrating in a cabin in the woods. We're going to be going uh, to southeast Oklahoma, and we're going to be thanking God for his mercies and his grace. But I got to tell you, uh, marriage, is, marriage is, is, can be a tough thing at times. I, I was fortunate. I married, you know, someone I'm very close to. We have similar interests, so we don't have a lot of differences in our marriage. But even in that, the beauty of what God has done, I, I'm just amazed. But the thing that I am consistently reminded of is it's his grace and mercy that has brought us this far all the stuff that we've went through, her being a pastor's wife, I can we get an amen that it's tough to be a pastor's wife. It's tough enough to be married to Daniel, but to, to be a pastor's wife, you know? But in all of this, we, we've been able, and this is my testimony, I, I, I feel that Joni would tell you the same thing, that we're, we've gotten this far because of God's grace, because we found rest in him, because the word of God has been a vibrant part of our lives for so long, virtually from day one. And 20 years ago, we said our vows right here on this stage. This stage is a little bigger now, so I, I believe I was probably standing about right here during that time. I sang to my wife. I, I don't know what I was thinking. I don't really remember singing, but I did. But back up there in the, in the backside, we, we partook of the Lord's Supper of Communion together. We said our vows right here. And all along the way, we found the value in the Word of God. Maybe today you're, you're struggling in your personal relationship with God. Maybe you're struggling within, uh, with, your, with your spouse. 
maybe with other family or friends or maybe at work, I, I want to offer you some hope here today. That what we've talked about today, if you become a person who strives to know Christ, if you become, become a person who, who values the Word of God and you study the Word of God, if you become a person who can, holds to the confession that you confessed long ago or maybe recently, you can confidently go to God for help in times of need. Joni and I have definitely done that over the years. And it's nothing on us. It's all glory to God. And the beauty in all of this, I want you guys to catch this, the beauty in all of this is that if we do this, we are able to bring glory to God. It's not just us getting help, but in your life, your imperfect life, in this broken world, you're able to bring glory to God through anything. And church, I want you to leave this time of study and courage to, to, to know today that, that as God has, has brought us together, he surely has not left us. That as God has lifted us up, he will not let us fall. As God has saved us, he will it will continue to be our salvation. Because our salvation, we can, we can have, a, have a security in it. If God has saved you today, then strive. If God has saved you today, then study. If God has saved you today, church, hear this. Hold to your confession and go boldly with confidence before His grace. That's the only way we're going to get through it. That's the only way that we're going to get through it. And today, if you have not done that, friend, I invite you to know Christ Jesus as your Savior and your Lord. And even though there may be a, a time difference here, a, a difference in location, I want you to understand that today the Word of God is, is vibrant. The Word of God is everything that you need. It's relevant. It's, it's what you need to, to fight your battles. It's what you need to, to heal your sickness. It's what you need to prune what doesn't need to be there. It's what you need to get through this life. And so hold to him. The word teaches us that if we believe in our heart and we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, we will be saved. Today, you can know Christ Jesus. Reach out to him. And say, Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. Save me. And when you do that, reach out to someone you know or trust and let them know what God has done for you today. Church, the battle cry, the word I want you to carry from this time is strive. May we strive in our walk with Christ. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you today for being a God who desires and you invite us to come to you in everything that we're going through. Lord, you are a God who, who's given us the word to, to, to be empowered. You've given us your son Jesus and given the authority to him to, to be that high priest. God, may we turn to him today. Lord, you've given us your Holy Spirit to lead God and direct us. Father, today as we've heard these words, may it be a time of refreshing. May it be a time of empowerment. And Lord, I pray as we, 
as we look forward to, to coming back together. Now, Lord, we'll all come back together stronger than when we went out. Lord, I lift up the leadership in our church. I lift up those that are struggling right now in our church. I, I, I pray, God, for this disease to end and be gone forever. But Lord, even so, we pray that you would be glorified in our lives. And if things continue to be tough, Lord, we still look forward to your son, Jesus Christ, coming. Thank you for that eternal hope. Lord, be with those today who have said to you, Lord, I'm a sinner. Forgive me. Come into my heart. Thank you for saving me. Lord, be with them today. Encourage them in their new walk. Lord, this is all for your glory. In your most holy name. Thank you.